Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Johnny Mac, full draft recap. Getting underway. Everyone's been waiting to hear your thoughts on the full draft. Eagles did pretty good. Eagles land a couple stars. Eagles get A.J. Brown. Eagles get Jordan Davis in the first round. I'll get it to you and, uh, you know, for your open on what you think of what the Eagles were able to do this weekend before we dive into each player individually. What's your opening thoughts on the, the draft as a whole, uh, not, not, not one particular day or pick? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's much complaining you can do. I I know some people are upset at the volume. We're back at sort of I like to call Carson Wentz uh, post Carson Wentz draft levels, only five picks. But when you put the whole context in, and you know, moving up to get Jordan Davis, trading to get AJ Brown, you also have that that extra first round pick uh, in 2023 now from trading uh, pre-draft with the New Orleans Saints. So when you add all that context into it, look, it's nobody got um, better value in the first round of the draft than, than the Philadelphia Eagles. Even even the teams with, with all kinds of, um, you know, draft capital at their – beat the New York Giants with the two top 10 picks, the New York Jets who ended up getting three uh, first round picks. Hey, these are all projections. I mean, even, you know, and Jordan Davis is in that category as well. Eagles got a proven commodity in AJ Brown, a guy who's a two time thousand yard receiver already in his NFL career. And remember he did that much like it was here in Philadelphia last year with a run-first offense with Derrick Henry, maybe the most run-heavy offense in the NFL, and he was still able to produce at those levels. Um, He's a really good player, and he's a proven player. And, you know, not you can say what you want, whether from Trayvon Walker at number one overall down to Lewis Seen at number 32. Um they're all projections at this point. As Nick Sirianni said Thursday night, there is no projection with A.J. Brown. You know what you have. Yeah, and the other point there is um, I would I would call his quarterback in, in Tennessee mediocre at best. And right, yeah. You know, so, I mean, if you're putting up over 1,000 yards receiving and you don't have a volume passer, I think that says a lot about what you're able to do in the open field, getting open, becoming available, making – catches that maybe the ball is not perfectly thrown uh that's that might be a good thing for our young quarterback to have a receiver who's not only a great player but he's you hear about his forgiveness or or the you know his catch radius and him going to get the ball on on maybe some throws that right aren't right on the money so that should be good to have for our young quarterback as well yeah, I mean, no question. In a lot of ways, I mean, you know, there are no more excuses for Jalen Hurts. No, we've we've no talked way. about it before in in that, you know, have the Eagles built around Jalen Hurts? Have they given him enough weapons? Well, now there's no argument with weapons. You have A.J. Brown added to Devontae Smith. Um, I mean, if you want to be fair about it, I think long term, I think Devontae Smith has an opportunity to be even better than A.J. Brown. But right now you'd have to say A.J.'s, 
you know, so-called wide receiver one. Devontae's a, now a wide receiver two. That's really good. And you have no qualms at Quez Watkins as a as that third option, as a still-growing, developing player. You also have a top-five tight end in Dallas Goddard um, uh, to throw to, who, you know, by the end of last season, he was the the receiver that that Jalen Hurts was most comfortable yeah. with and was sort of his security blanket. And we also have Miles Sanders coming back in a contract year, and you've already seen him working out in Houston, Um lot of lot of uh uh you know kicking the butt so to speak for miles sanders he understands this is it i mean if it's not going to be in philadelphia's second contract it's going to be somewhere else and he's got to have a big season uh to prove he deserves a a a big contract at a position the nfl doesn't like to give that out to uh those those big money contracts too yeah um, so either way, he's got a, a lot, a, a lot to play for in, in 2022. So on paper, and we know the offensive line is, is one of the best in the NFL on paper. Hey, the Eagles have everything you need on offense. Um, so now it's on the quarterback's shoulders as it always is, but there were excuses before AJ, AJ Brown got here. Now there's not nearly as many. Let's get into the first overall pick for the Eagles, which was Jordan Davis. Everyone has given their initial reaction. Oh, yeah, great. National champion was part of the big Georgia defense. Let's dive a little bit deeper. What do you see his role being in year one specifically? Is he going to be more reserved with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave? Do you see them plugging him right in to play that nose like you talked about? Explain a little bit how you see Jonathan Gannon using such a big, athletic, versatile player like Jordan Davis in this defense. Well, you know, he is going to be a rotational player to start. Uh, And remember, he's not used to playing a lot to begin with because Georgia had so much talent. Uh, They just rotated players in and out because they needed to keep them. I mean, you know. Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick. Um, uh, uh, Devontae White ended up going in the first round as well. Obviously, Jordan goes in the first round. Uh, They have another kid. Jalen Carter is going to be a a top 10 pick most likely next year. This is on the same defensive line. Jermaine Johnson, who was a first-round pick to the New York Jets, was a Georgia transfer. So this is one of the things brought up – by a GM prior to the draft, Georgia was so talented on the defensive line. They had to worry about the transfer portal. They learned about that from Jermaine Johnson. And and look, if guys aren't going to get the play, they're just going to go transfer out and play somewhere else. So they didn't want to lose any of these kids. So they had this rotational system. Um, You know, if you go back to when Fletcher Cox was uh, a rookie, I think he played 49% of the snaps. So I think there's this assumption that, well, he's got to play 80% of the snaps. That's not going to happen, especially right away. But Fletcher is now under a one-year deal. So he's under contract through next season. Javon Hargrave is only under contract through next season. So... Uh, this is about more than 2022. It's right. about 2022, but also the years moving forward. 
so we'll see what kind of decisions they make with Bletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. But ultimately, this guy's going to be a big part of the Eagles' defense. It is a player that Jonathan Gannon has wanted, the type of player, because Fletcher's not a nose tackle. Javon's not a nose tackle. Milton Williams isn't a nose tackle. So he likes to use those odd man fronts at times. He has, had to use five man fronts at times. Uh, you know, people get too caught up in 4 3 versus 3 4. Um, the new way to do it in the NFL is multiple fronts. And this is a player that allows him to use all kinds of different fronts. And you can see the way the Eagles are building with not only this type of player. And as we did earlier, we did our undrafted player special. And I brought up Noah Elise, who's another 350 pound defensive tackle because they want this type of player. So now they have the starter, Jordan Davis. They have a potential backup. And that allows them to play guys at five technique, uh, nine technique. Uh, 4i whatever they want to play because of jordan davis he's the domino because you know you can stick him on the nose and the opposition is going to need two blockers to deal with him and that opens up everything for everybody else not only the rest of the defensive linemen but the linebackers and also you know anthony harris and rodney mcleod last season were asked to do too much to be honest in the running game because the eagles were not good with run fits they weren't good with run fits because they didn't have a big nose tackle to take up those two blockers there's so many dominoes to this particular player and that's why the eagles wanted him so badly and that's why i predicted before the draft that they would trade up to 13 ahead of baltimore to get him and that's exactly what happened and People should look at it this way. His floor as a prospect, his floor, in other words, the worst, is going to be one of the best run defenders in this league, Um, a two-down player. And maybe you don't see the value in that at the 13th overall pick, but that's the floor. He's also got this freakish athleticism um, for a 345-pound guy. And he wasn't asked to do it at Georgia much like Trayvon Walker, who's in Jacksonville right now, is the number one overall pick, wasn't really asked to go after the passer as an edge rusher at Georgia because they didn't need him to do that. Yeah, and part of it's because of the other guy that the Eagles just drafted was sitting there behind him to run everyone yeah. down. You know, and, so. and, and, and to Kobe Dean, and we got a chance to talk to him, and we'll talk about him in a moment, yeah, he, he mentioned you know, how important – uh, Jordan Davis was to his success oh, I'm sure at, as that. the Butkus Award winner and the best linebacker in the country. So this this has the potential to be a difference-making player for the Philadelphia Eagles. And at the worst case, as I said, would you like to have Vita Villa as a two-down player? Because that's the potential with Jordan Davis. I think Jordan can be better than I, I love Vita Vea and I, I think Jordan can be as good, if not better. And I know that's a lofty comparison because that's a really good defensive tackle in this league. But when you look at Jordan Davis, I mean, I, I see a special athlete, a special player uh, in him. And the reality is, John, two of the greatest players on this football team are Fletcher Cox and are Jason Kelsey. And eventually, you're going to have to worry about life after those two players. And I think the Eagles did probably it. next year to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and I think the Eagles it. did a huge, a huge thing this draft in in 
checking those boxes. Um, and then uh, real quick, I want to get into Jordan Davis and, and the weight. Everyone's talking about the weight. You know, Ray Didinger was on with the sports take guys right before the draft. He said he was – when he talked to him at the Maxwell, he was playing around 350 last year. When he ran at the Combine, he was around 330. Many people suggest he should be playing a little bit lower than 330. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have any – what do you think he should be playing at? Do you think the Eagles will put him on some sort of regimen – uh, wait, I think he's okay. I mean, I look at the athleticism. I think he's a freak. I think he'll be okay. But the reality is you will have to manage that. Um, what do you, what can you add to that? Well, I think, you know, the one question with Jordan as a, as a prospect was conditioning, um, because he wasn't asked to play a lot at Georgia and he knew that, and he knew he wasn't going to be out there for 60, 70 snaps. Um, so, you know, you can afford to get up to 350 or, or, or whatever and still dominate. The one game that Georgia had trouble in was the SEC championship game. And he forced and he was forced to play a little bit more uh, than he was used to because they needed him out there. And obviously that game didn't end up well for Georgia. They were able to get the revenge in the national championship game. But um, so that's a legitimate uh, critique that he needs better conditioning, but that's what, you know, he wanted to show people and that's why he got down to where he got down uh, for all the workouts, the combines, the pro days. And he showed off, you know, the yeah. four, seven, eight, 40. And, you know, I, it's tough to say with a 345 pound guy, three, but he, he's about three forty now. I think he said, um, you know, he doesn't look, you know, no, I saw, pretty picture slim. You put, I saw the yeah. picture you posted up to Twitter of him walking through the hallway. I'm like, yeah, whew, that's a big boy, but he looks good. He looks like yeah. he's ready to play ball. Yeah. Um, you know, so to me, the bigger thing is conditioning, you know, because ultimately you do want him to be a three down player because he has the athleticism to do that. Right. And then you're talking about you want him out there. 55 to 65 snaps uh, every single game. And to do that, he is going to have to improve his conditioning, but I don't think you need that right away. And because right, the Eagles are deep at defensive tackle. They still have Fletcher right now. They still have Javon Hargrave. They still have Milton Williams, but those guys are not, there's, there's a lot of redundancy with those players. And, and that they're all best suited to play three technique. Right. Um, Fletcher's probably the mo most versatile. He can play five. He can play four eye, but he doesn't like to. Um, and, you know, Javon and Milton. Milton's also versatile. He can play outside. He's just a little undersized. Right? Yeah, he's, he's very that, he's yeah. very undersized. Uh, but Javon's probably best suited as a three as a pure three technique. And this just enables Jonathan Gannon and Tracy Rocker to put players where they should be and not play them out of position. Let's move on, Johnny Mack. Let's get over to the second round draft pick, Cam Jurgens. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, there was Jurgens? a lot of it. It, it, it is Jurgens. There was it a is. lot. I guess Cam was joking around with some people. And he said, okay, because Barrett came on. He's like, yeah, it's Jurgens. I'm like, yeah, oh, all yeah. right. Well. well, it was funny because the Eagles – put out a phonetic spelling and at first it was Jurgens and 
um, you know, I've been calling him Cam Jurgens forever, and I'm like, oh, am I butchering this poor kid's name? Yeah. And now he was joking around evidently with some people. Um, his, his nickname is Beef Jurgy, so you know that doesn't make sense if it's yeah, Beef right. Jurgy. Jurgy. <laughs> so it's right, got so go a little. Bit I'm going to call yeah, him Jurgens. It's Jurgens. We'll go Jurgens, and yeah, he's got a little bit of a personality. He was joking around with some people. Look, uh, off the top of the head, and I don't know that much about the player. I'm going to allow you to elaborate on what you know. I know you said that they were interested in this player, but you hear about offensive linemen, you hear about Nebraska, and you turn on the tape and you watch. He's got that athletic feel. He's a little bit bigger, I think, than Jason Kelsey, but he does have that. He moves similar to Kelsey where he gets up to that second level. Uh, What's your thoughts on the player? I know a lot of people said, oh, we don't need to address that position now. I personally thought it was a good pick. What did you think about the player, the pick, uh, the overall move in general? Um, I I think it's a I it's a logical move for this reason. I I think a lot of people have have you know started looking at life after Jason Kelsey, and they say, "Well, Landon Dickerson can play center. He did it at a high level in Alabama." Um, Isaac Sayamalo, Jeff Stoutland himself has always said, you know, Isaac is so smart that maybe long-term center is his best position. Um, they cross-trained Nate Herbig at center as well. You have so many bodies. Brett Toth has played at center. You have so many bodies uh, that can play center. People are saying, why are you taking Cam Jurgens as a luxury pick? There's so many needs. You still need a corner. You still need a safety, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't think people realize like they want to keep Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mylotta together yeah, on I that wish. left side. Yeah. I mean, they That's were a murderous so row over there. If I'm a, if I'm a defensive lineman, I want nothing to do with those guys. Yeah. They were so dominant at the end of last season and they're not moving. Landon and they're Dickerson. still really early in their career. John, yeah. both of those players are nowhere near their ceiling. I would say. And you know, that means it, Isaac is very versatile. Um, and he's coming off the injury, but you don't want to waste, you know, you, you don't want to get people, especially when you have to move from left guard to right guard. Um, you don't want to mess with his mind and start saying, well, yeah, you might play right guard this year, but you might play center next yeah, year. Right. I mean, it's like... um, so they want to get more things situated and, and they love the player. I mean, Stoutland loves the player. Um, and he was, Hanging the table for him since he, you know, started watching film. The coaches sort of get into this process late as compared to the scouts and the right. personnel people because they're worried about the NFL season. Um, but once he got a look at him, and and then it was interesting. They told the story. I'm sure you've heard by now that when when Cam came in to visit, um, Kelsey came in the room and they could sort of made a, a quick friendship and right away and all of a sudden Jason Kelsey started to get behind them yeah. and you know almost picking his own uh you know uh, uh successor um they just really really like the player and you're right when you talk about offensive linemen and you hear Nebraska or Iowa or Wisconsin yeah, or Notre Dame that, you're probably going to be okay um and, you know, for some of the other guys, I do think, you know, 
everyone who watches me should know by now how much respect I have for Jeff Stoutland, and I'm not the only one, but he's not a miracle worker. I mean, there is a difference between the Nate Herbigs in the world. Right, and having and, a talented player. Yeah, and and that's, you know, if you start thinking about envisioning, you know, Jordan Mailata, um and, and, and Landa Dickerson and Cam Jurgens uh, as a young player, and, and you still have Lane Johnson at the end of his career, um, and even Andre Dillard, who's still here, and he's remade his body. Everybody's now starting to see. Um, I, I guess he posted on Instagram. Um, the Eagles aren't just going to give him away. I mean, I got to give it to him. I know that's just that. That I, I look at that as like the combine thing. It's like you're throwing in shorts. It's not that big of a deal. But I mean, his problem, Dillard's problem, was that he didn't have enough power yeah. to handle. Yeah, some of the really struggled. Line. Really struggled with the right. bull rush, especially with veteran guys. Like I remember, was Everson Griffin in Minnesota and Robert Quinn in Dallas at the time, uh, who just beat them like a drum because they're really, really smart pass rushers. And, but that's a lot of college offensive linemen. They're usually, they need a year or two to get in an NFL weight room to get that strength. And they're strong for normal people, but not dealing with, you know, NFL defensive linemen. So real quick, um, do you see a move potentially with this offensive line? Is it a crowded room? If you think your uh, Jurgens might be able to play guard is, no, I, you know, a couple things with Isaac, you know, one, he's coming off the injury, which is a, a Liz Frank injury and everybody's going to want to see if he's healthy to begin with. So I don't think his, his value is where it would be if he was healthy. Um, and also, you know, Stout has always loved him always. I mean, yeah. he's been, one guy, the Eagles fan base doesn't realize they think he's just sort of the other guy. And Stoutland really, really likes him as a player. I could see them trading, you know, Andre Dillard, but only for yeah, for the know, right a third round pick or something of that nature, maybe even a conditional three that goes up to a two. I could see him trading Nate Herbig now that you have Cam Jurgens, who just signed his restricted free agent tender. You know, Suo, Petta, guys like that. But, you know, you're talking about Matt Pryor. Last year, they traded Matt Pryor for a six-round pick. You're not talking about, other than Andre, you're not talking about, you know, great things coming back for backup offensive linemen. Which is is always interesting to me because I know you can't do this, and this is not realistic, but if you put Andre Dillard, and he's still a young player, if you put Andre Dillard in the draft – He's a second round pick, I think, because you can get someone that can start and give you real minutes and be okay in the NFL. There's a lot of offensive lines in this league, John, like you talk about all the time. They don't have a competent left tackle. Oh, no. Dillard okay. can be honestly, how is he not worth a second rounder? I guess it's kind of just the whole well, it's just leverage. Weird, yeah, it's a yeah, right. It's, it's a weird. The, honestly, he's a first round pick. He's a right. first round. That's what, he's that's even what more, all the time. He's even more of a first round pick than he was before. Right. Well, yeah, you can't get a first round pick, but it's yeah. just the weird uh, intricacies of the NFL. They value. There's not a lot of less needs in the world. You say F them picks. They value right. these picks more than life itself, even though. And that's why I have, you know, 
no issue with the Eagles trading for A.J. Brown. The odds of them getting an A.J. Brown-type difference maker at 18 are not good. So I have no problem with it. Uh, other teams value draft picks so much they wouldn't do that. But Andre Dillard, the way he looks now, the, the fact that he would be a first-round pick, that's the irony of it. And I, I, I'm not even sure the Eagles want to trade him for this reason. And, and people have looked at it, and I probably told you this before, they look at it and they say, well, as a backup, he's not as important because he can't play right tackle, which is true. He doesn't want to play right tackle. He's not good at playing right tackle. And typically backups need versatility. But that's where you have the luxury of Jordan Mylotta can play either side and has no problem playing right Do you right think Dillard's in their long-term plans? Move Jordan to the right? Well, when, you I start mean, thinking about 32, as good as yes. he is now. Tackles do have a longer life in the NFL. You look at Whitworth. I mean, he was playing a 40, so maybe Lane is a lot left in him, but maybe he does. But and and that's you know, Lane's not only 32, but he's had reconstructive ankle right. surgery. Um, he's had the anxiety issues. Um, so maybe if the Eagles sees by it next year, he's healthy. You know, he's both mind and body, so to speak. You know, maybe at that point they feel a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, I could see them long term if things go wrong with Lane injury wise. Um, yeah, you just move Jordan to right tackle and put Andre to left tackle, and then that's not bad. And and LaRaven Clark, by the way, is a good fourth tackle. But and you again, said the Eagles like him. Yeah. But he's not Andre Dillard. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. These are good problems to have, I think, if you're the Eagles. And you got so many players that are capable of playing on the offensive line, and you have a coach like Stoutland. I think that's a good problem to have. Let's shift. Third round. I thought it was the win of the draft. I know I've talked to you a couple times about Nakobe, and I've gotten the vibe that you don't look at this as a home run hit in terms of, you know, in our undrafted free agent special, you said the Eagles got two difference makers, and that's what this draft is about, which I agree with. Jordan Davis, A.J. Brown. I throw the third one in there with N'Kobe Dean. If, if this rumors, if this injury thing didn't pop up, and I will remind you, he played every game at the University of Georgia, he's a difference maker. If we didn't draft Jordan Davis, let's say, and the Eagles stayed at 18, traded away the other one, for, and they ended up with N'Kobe in the first round. I think the fans in Philadelphia are maybe just as happy today, barring all the rumors. I think this is a difference maker. I think it's a steal for the Eagles. I love the draft pick. What's your initial reaction, thoughts, analysis on N'Kobe Dean at ABC Well, there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot in there, Xander. I'll say this. I think it's an incredible value at where the Eagles got him. And I don't even care about the injury. I mean, that doesn't bother me at all because I explained yeah, we talked uh, on our previous, on. you know, okay, uh, if he doesn't play uh, two months this year, three, even if you redshirt him, I don't really care that much. And if he comes back completely healthy in 2023, um, you know, there are some concerns, though. I didn't think he was a first-round pick. Um, I So I'm not going to compare him to Jordan Davis. I, I do think, but, you know, what he does is splashier than what Jordan Davis does. But Nicobe Dean doesn't exist without Jordan right. Davis, which That's is what I was, I was trying to explain. There's, there's, 
you know, and people are never going to like the dirty work, guys. They're going to like the missile going to the ball that they see and their eye is drawn to. Um, But this is the NFL level. And as good as the SEC is, and it's obviously by far the best um, uh, college conference, it's still not the NFL. He's a 5'11 kid, very undersized in, in an era where you're looking for these long, rangy linebackers and pass coverage. Um, I think he's going to be he's tremendously instinctive. Um, but if you're talking about a first round pick, you know, am I going to pay, uh, uh, use a first round pick? Well, the Eagles are never going to use a first round pick on a linebacker. They won't even use the second. If yeah. Being real, yeah. If, if, I'm going to use a first round pick. It's not going to be on a two down linebacker. You got to play all three downs. You got to be able to cover. So I'm not sure he's going to be that coverage type player in the NFL. Um, but that's as a first round pick. As a third round pick, this is tremendous value. Tremendous value. But yeah, I'm not going to put him in that difference maker category as as I would a, a Jordan Davis. John, with how small Nakobe is. Um... I love the player, obviously. I watched him wreak havoc all over my Crimson Tide. I, I love the player. This is the NFL. It's it's a not it's not a forgiving league. These are big, athletic, physical dudes. Do you think, Nakobe, it's possible? And I, I have no idea the answer to this question. Is it possible he would not stay at linebacker for his whole career? Maybe safety? Is that possible or is that not even in the realm of possibility? No, I, you know, it, look at Kaiser White, who's that type, you know, he's a safety at West Virginia moving a linebacker. It's more likely you're going to be a, a, that way than linebacker right, the moving way. the safety. Um, and this guy's a true linebacker. This guy's, yeah, he, um, that's what I mean. I know he's under, you know, boy, I used to cover a guy by the name of Ed McDaniel. That's who he remembers. Uh, he reminds me of Nicobe because Ed was five foot 11. People aren't going to remember. He was a hell of a player, though. Really instinctive linebacker. Just a natural flow to the ball, sideline to sideline. And that can be very, very impactful. Um, And that was a different era. That was an era that was still, you know, run heavy. Um, Here's the problem. And you're going to get to see it in people who go to training camp. You know, the Eagles have a 6'4", 6'5", tight end who can run like a deer. Um, and the Dallas Goddard's of the world and the Travis Kelsey's of the world and the George Kittle's of the world, they could just wall you off. You're five foot 11. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult for him, um, in pass coverage in the NFL. And then we, we don't even get to the running backs and how shifty they can be. So I don't know if he's a three down player, but, you give me a, a, a good two down. This is the discussion we have with TJ Edwards all the time. Well, you know, he's great against the run. Um, can he be a three down linebacker? Can he cover people consistently? And so Nicobe to me is going to be in TJ Edwards's position, not Kaiser White's. In other words, he's going to be the run defender primarily. Not not the past defender. Yeah, and, and you talked about the multi-layered Jordan Davis. I think he helps 
those guys back there, not just Nicobe, but all the other linebackers on the Eagles, he's going to make their life a lot easier when you have a force like that up on the front. All right, Johnny Mack, let's get over to uh, – they skipped the fourth round, I believe, no fourth-round pick. Fifth-round pick – or no, they traded no. the fifth-round pick. They went all the way to 188, and they traded up to 181. They grabbed Kyron Johnson, linebacker out of Kansas, I believe. Any thoughts on him? Uh, I know people have said he's very – quick might be a special teams player uh, yeah i think that's you know i think that's the role right away um the eagles struggled on special teams yeah, last year in, in a lot of ways returns um but also coverage and you know they lost rudy ford who you know people <laughs> don't remember already but i'll tell you what he was one hell of a special teams player when he was healthy one of the best in the nfl um, Craig James was a great gunner, but you know, the Eagles felt they couldn't carry him on the roster. He's still here. So maybe he factors back into special teams as well. Um, but yeah, he, Conron was a great, uh, special teams player in college at Kansas. He's runs a four, four at, you know, linebacker size. So that's where he's going to be right away. It's interesting because most people, um, graded him out as an off-ball linebacker, but the Eagles, from what Andy Weidel spoke, uh, considering him as an edge rusher, sort of like Hassan Reddick. And same size, 6'1", 235, um, played edge rusher at Kansas in his last year, and that's what he's more natural at. So I think that's where they're going to – Everyone's looking at that video of him at the – at the uh, the senior bowl, plowing that. Yeah, Trevor plow. Penning. Yeah, first round um, tackle. Yeah, first round pick, and that's where the Eagles and Andy said that's where we 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 really didn't know about him that much until he he showed up at the senior bowl and he was really given um, Trevor Penning fits. He was a first round pick, I think, of the Saints. Um, so, you know, it's worth – it's a six-round pick, you know, and if he can play on special teams early and maybe he can develop. Um, it is very undersized, um, but that's, you know, that's what Hassan Reddick is, and he's got 23 and a half sacks. And over the last two years, and we actually talked to Kyron, he compared himself to Hassan Reddick, which is yeah, – now, I, I will say, you know, Hassan was – the 13th overall pick. So that's lofty, Kyron. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't expect that, but I I think special teams is the most important part of the Kyrie Johnson pick and how he brought that up. He said special teams captain had 17 special teams tackles. That's where the Eagles, because they need help on those coverage units. Yeah, and you can use the speed and athleticism on special teams while maybe allowing the players some time to get acclimated to life in the NFL and the speed of the NFL. But I do think, I mean, and we've talked about how this was a bigger pool overall of draft talent uh, with the COVID and the different restrictions and the eligibility and stuff like that. I think he's a good player. I mean, he looked he looked pretty good for us. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think back to who our sixth round pick was last year. Was it Teron Jackson? Or, Kobe or Stevens. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, and, I, I, and, I see him. Uh, I, I think they he, had two. Yeah. They had, uh, Teron was a six rounder too. And then Patrick Johnson was a uh, seventh rounder. There you go. So I look at, I look at this linebacker and 
I saw, I mean, I, I, I don't know much about the guy, but I did see him blow up Trevor Penning at the senior yeah. points. Which is, which yeah. is Everybody uh, did. That's yeah, where the I, Eagles took notice of him. Yeah, so, and, and he looked super, he does pass the eye test for the athleticism thing, which is uh, good. All right, Johnny Mack, last pick of the draft at 198 overall. They took a tight end, Grant Calcaterra. He was an Oklahoma player, had some concussions, left football, came back, went to SMU. I think this is a good pick. I like the player. I remember when he played at Oklahoma. I thought he was a really good tight end. I don't even. I think did he play wide receiver there? Is that wrong? Did I get that from somewhere? Um, no, I don't think he he played wide receiver. I mean, they could have put him out there at times. Yeah, he's right. more of a flex. He's more of a flex tight end. But he is so in the middle, right? He's he's yeah. not a he's not a true no, tight not, end, but he's definitely no, not a yeah. wide out. Right. He's definitely he's a, he's a flex tight end, as they call it. Um, which is, you know, they get a backup tight end, number one. I mean, Jack Stoll did a nice job after the Eagles traded Zach Ertz, but, you know, there's some limited ceiling there. Uh, not the best athlete in the world. Um, more of an inline type guy, a, a, a wide blocker. You know, Tyree Jackson they like, but he tore his ACL, obviously, <clears throat> in week 18. And, and, you know, he's a developmental project as it is, and now he doesn't have an offseason to develop, so that's a concern. And then, you know, J.J. is trying to make the transition. You can't count on that. So they needed a tight end. And, you know, theme, another friend of Jalen Hurts, can't hurt. Uh, they knew each other from Oklahoma um, and – um, you know, Jalen was texting him right away after he got picked. So um, I think he's going to be, you know, I think he's going to be, have a chance to be that tight end too. Now here's my one concern. Which would be tremendous, by the way, for, for a late six round pick. Yeah. Well, the, I actually have two concerns. One, he retired because of concussion. Yeah, issues. which is a major at, concern. At, yeah. At some, yeah. Now he claims that, um he didn't have a lot of information. He just got a little bit scared after he had, I guess it was three in, in a somewhat, you know, closed period of time. But then as he learned more about it, he realized there were different severities and his weren't very severe. So you still have to be concerned. So you, you have to put, you know, an asterisk there and keep that in mind. But here's the second part. He is a flex tight end. He's not an inline tight end for the most part. Now he can, and you'll see him, but he's not a great blocker. And here's the thing about Dallas Goddard. You know, Dallas is a really good blocker, really good blocker, and he's sort of in the George Kittle mode. He can do both, and there are very few tight ends that can do both these days. Problem is, Dallas is really good as a receiver. He's and, so I, don't, and I don't want to waste him as an inline tight end. So I almost would rather have Jack Stoll doing the dirty work and let Dallas Goddard be the flex tight end right. because he's so dangerous than have Dallas be the inline tight end, the Y back, and have Grant Calcaterra as the flex tight end. So there's a little bit of a fit challenge there. Yeah, Other, could, you could know, maybe Tyree Jackson play some of that? Dirty work role. I mean, you don't want. Um, you, you, know, you don't want to. You don't. You know, Tyree's a flex. That's the problem. Tyree's a complete play, even more of a flex tight end. So would JJ. I mean, you don't want an ex quarterback blocking. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> yes, that would be dumb. But yeah. 
Yeah, so and, I, I mean, that's not bad, though. If, if Calcaterra can come in and maybe play set snaps where it becomes a target for the quarterback. Look, we, we just talked about Dallas Goddard, so let me just give, give, give you my opinion on that. If he's able to clean up some of the con- – and I don't look at it as a drop issue. I look at it as a concentration issue. If he can clean that up, I think he has the, the chance – to be talked about with the greatest tight ends in this league. You talk about like what he can do in terms of blocking and how fast he is. And he's like a big dude in terms of being a physically imposing guy. You talked about N'Kobe Dean would probably not have, not have a great chance to be successful covering him. I mean, I think Dallas Goddard could be an imposing tight end in this league, but he's got to clean up some of that, those drops with the concentration. I mean, yeah, it's a little stretch there when it, it's usually early in games when he's trying the one to kill you know, me with the freaking one off the foot, the yeah, intercept. I'm like, oh yeah. my goodness, oh god. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody's perfect, but I will yeah. say, you know, people in this league already talk. I mean, there's, there's Kelsey, there's there's Kittle, there's Mark Andrews, and then there's Dallas Goddard. He's already there. Um, he's already considered to be a top five tight end in this league. And, you know, the numbers will come when the Eagles have a more uh, high-volume passing offense, which is, you know, now that they have Dallas and, and A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith, they should be a more – it should be a, a more pass-heavy offense. Yeah, they, they have no, there's no doubt about that. So do real quick, do you, do you anticipate Sirianni kind of – I don't want to say he's going to go back to what he did in week one through seven – but oh, he's going to go back to it. He's going to go back. Maybe a combination of the two. Maybe somewhere nah, in between. He's going. He's going to try. You know, and on, if it doesn't work again, then he'll scale back, and then that will tell you all you need to know about Jalen Hurts. It's over for Jalen. That's Hurts. what I said about. That's what I said about Tua in Miami when they got Tyreek Hill. Say what you want about Tua. Guess what? At the end of the year, maybe not even by the end of the year, they'll know. I think the same thing applies. Over here in Philadelphia, I'm rooting for Jalen. I hope he can take that next step uh, as a passer. So, John, overall, I need you. I need the grade. I need. I need what your overall. Grade I don't like is. grades, but I'm. I yeah. I'm. It's tough to criticize the Eagles uh, when you get yeah, those two players at the top of the draft. So, um, and I'm throwing in the Kobe Dean. I know you won't do it, but I'm throwing in the Kobe Dean. You yeah. got him in the third round. Well, I, you know, and I think the ret they only had five picks. I I thought they all made sense, uh, but yeah, I give them an A. But the A is mainly based on Jordan Davis and a guy who wasn't even a draft pick, and that's AJ Brown. Yeah, so and pretty good. And when we talked about that, the the I think one of the and real quick, uh, the undrafted free agent I liked. We didn't talk too much about him, but the running back, Kennedy Brooks. I think he could be a good player on this team. He might be able to fill that Jordan Howard role. I know a lot of people were Yeah, I don't know if he's big enough for that. He's a little um, small, right? He's like yeah. 5'10 or so. He's about two, 208, I think, too. So, you know, Jordan's... Yeah, Jordan's, Jordan's, Jordan's a big dude, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there were so many big backs in the draft. I think a lot of us thought that the Eagles would take one of those bigger backs on day three. But remember, that was when they started. They started this thing with 10 picks. Yeah, and they had they, you know, they used six picks to get Jordan Davis and AJ Brown, but I have no problem with it. I'd rather have AJ Brown than some, you know, two hundred twenty-five pound fifth-round pick playing running back. I mean, just bring Jordan Howard back for another year. He's out there. He's always out there. He's waiting for the call. 
Just yeah, bring him he back. Is. He absolutely is waiting for the call. But And in conclusion, right before we started this segment, John, I, I saw a, a video on social media of the day A.J. Brown was drafted by yeah, the Tennessee Jalen. Titans. Right there. Jalen Hurts standing there right there next to him. Congratulations, brother. I mean, that's yeah. what I always say. Like, I always say, you know, people always talk about, oh, they have a good relationship. Well, they're in the NFL. A lot of these guys talk. A lot of them might have – these guys are like actually friends. They're not like, hey, we're NFL buddies and we see each other at the Pro Bowl or whatever. These guys are like friends. You know, Jalen's hanging out at his two-year-old daughter's birthday party. He's at the draft party. I think there's some good chemistry going on in the Eagles locker room. If if they can kind of mesh it together, I think I think there could be good things to come. Yeah, there's one thing about Jalen Hurts, man. No matter who we ask, you know, Jordan Davis, who's the first one that kind of Jalen Hurts, you know, you expect it with he is such a good leader, John. Um, you expect it with, you know, AJ Brown, obviously, as you mentioned, they have a close relationship. Grant Calcaterra, you know, they knew each other before. But I mean, this get this guy goes out of his way to make sure he gets somebody's number and welcomes him to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Um you know, Jalen Hurts, I've said it really, you probably heard me say it too many times. It's so interesting because usually with young quarterbacks, you know, all right, this guy's gifted. You know he can be, right. he can can be a good player. <laughs> but does he have the intangibles? Does he have the leadership? You know, does he can he can he lead a team? Can he get people to follow? Jalen Hurts at a very young age is the exact opposite. Everybody loves the guy. Everybody wants to play for him when they get to know him, at least. Um, but does he have? Can he be a high-level thrower in the NFL? We're going to find out because, again, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. That's good. That is that's, good. That's that's better than good. I would argue that's that that might be the best best cast in the NFC East. I mean, uh, you know, I know da- Dallas just lost a couple of players. I don't look at Zeke as the same type of player he once was. I think, I think that's like we said, and, and, and many have said, there's a lot less, if any excuses at all left for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And you know, that that's what you want. You know, you should be able to find out. We've been talking about this too long. We need an answer. You should get an answer and pretty early in the season. Yeah, I think um, you'll know pretty quick. Big six. I think. By week I, six, I don't think. Know. Yeah, I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to show up week one and say, "Let's run the ball uh, forty-five times." He's going to say, "Let's use AJ Brown." <laughs> as, and he's a former receiver himself, so uh, as he should. All right, everyone, don't forget to like the show. Don't forget to share this show. Subscribe to the channel. I appreciate everyone, uh, our viewers, Johnny Mac. They've been all over the channel. They've been showing the support to Jacob Media for the draft coverage. Uh, it's been wall to wall from Thursday night. So great stuff all around. Thanks to all of our listeners for helping us grow on YouTube. I appreciate it all. Johnny Mac, well done, sir. Great report. Great job this weekend being down there at the NovaCare, reporting on everything, uh, learning about all the new players going to be in Eagle Green. Well done, sir. Thanks, Sander. All right, Johnny Mac. See you guys next time. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.